Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of Breaking Beauty Podcast is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Harnessing the revitalizing powers of the red camellia flower, Chanel Research introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare, numero un de Chanel. Beauty ahead of time. Discover the collection at chanel.com. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare infused with a high concentration of ingredients and derived from the uniquely revitalizing winter-blooming red camellia flower. Packaged with lightweight glass, organic ink and other bio-based materials, Numero 1 de Chanel forges an unprecedented path of skincare innovation. Numero 1 de Chanel, beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carleen Higgins. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Beauty Podcast. I'm Jill Dunn, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here virtually with Carleen Higgins, waving at Hello. her as we speak. Hi there. <laughs> so if you guys are newly tuning in, we are two beauty editors turned beauty podcasters here to tell you what's good. That's right. And we're into our fifth year officially doing our show. And, you know, Carlene, there are still people on our bucket list. And our guest today was definitely one of those people for both of us for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And our guest is makeup artist extraordinaire Violette Serra. So she actually goes on a single name basis, like rock star style, Violette. She's become absolutely synonymous with French girl beauty, having racked up 425,000 followers on Instagram, 300,000 on YouTube, where followers tune in for her effortless beauty that's deeply creative, but also very natural. So it might be like a blue glitter eye with like French pharmacy lip balm. She just always looks on point, but like she hasn't tried too hard. That's right. It's a whole mood. And Violette has worked in the industry for more than 15 years. She served as the international makeup designer for Dior, the global beauty director for Estee Lauder, and she's consulted on product development for Sephora. And most recently, in July of last year, she was announced as the creative director of Guerlain's Makeup. But the pivotal moment in Violette's career came no doubt with the launch of her own line, Violette FR, named after her Instagram account that launched just this past year. Good French, Carlene. So for <laughs> us 
Anglophones. That's Violette FR. It's how it's spelled. Violette's namesake line. It was three years in the making and it's a very tight curation of 11 products, including some very cool Zio paint. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It, that's kind of franglais for eye paint. And they're these liquid eyeshadows and liners in one. So they're highly pigmented. They're meant to be worn either graphically like a cat eye, or you can smudge them in with your fingers. Very cool. Very like, it's ideal for us lazy slash busy types. You know what I mean? You want to be on the go, but you want to look good. Damn good. Yeah, they're very multi-purpose, I would say. And each eye paint is around $38, just to give you guys an idea. And I think that no detail has been spared. I mean, the gold embossing on the lids, just everything has that artist touch, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. And it makes it so much more enjoyable to use. And I think it's just that luxurious vibe, but it's accessible and effortless all at once. Leave it to Violette. <laughs> And everything in the line is environmentally conscious, cruelty-free, and vegan. Jill, I know you mentioned this line popped off so fast that they actually met their first month's sales goals within the first day that it went on sale. So I think people were just like chomping at the bit for Violette to launch her own line. Yeah, the demand was definitely there. So today we're going to be talking to Violette about what the whole notion of French girl beauty means in 2022. And, you know, she has thoughts on Emily in Paris, don't we all? And she's also talking about how she's democratizing that idea and being more inclusive with it. And we're definitely going to be getting a ton of tips from Violette from how to achieve a sophisticated everyday makeup look along with some newer ideas around how we might come to define 2022 in a beauty look that the New York Times is calling girl gaze makeup. Stay tuned until the very end to find out Violette's personal French pharmacy favorites, along with her getting unready skincare routine. Here she is. Welcome, Violette. Welcome to Breaking Beauty Podcast, Violette. I feel like you've become completely synonymous with the French girl aesthetic. You're like the national spokesperson. So tell us, what does that mean to you? How would you define the French girl look? So it's a, it's funny because when I moved to the U.S., I, you know, I had an agent then and he told press, like magazine, though, that now I was leaving there. So I guess it started to raise a little bit of awareness on my profile. And so I had... I started to have a lot of interviews and all of them were about French beauty. Mm-hmm. But I was so confused. I was like, what do they mean French beauty? What do they mean French look? Because that's all I knew. So <laughs> I, I was like, I had yeah. no idea. So I walked in New York, in the parks, in the subway, looking, looking, looking. And trying to absorb like a sponge and understand American culture. But what I love about New York is like, it's not just American. It's so diverse. So mm-hmm. the people who live there are basically... I watched a lot of content as well, YouTube, to understand a little bit the trends, etc. And then I started to realize that it was actually very different, especially that at the time it was this sort of huge buzz around, you know, the contouring, these Instagram looks with like the perfect eyebrows and the layers of foundation and the baking and all this. And as a makeup artist, of course, I was aware of it because that's not new. You know, Kevin O'Quan mm-hmm. probably is the one who created it years ago. And so... Of course, I was aware of this technique, but I never used those techniques. And so I was I was really like, wow, that's in France, it's so different. So then I started to understand, okay, French girls, we don't really put foundation. We definitely don't do contouring. Of course, it's exception, uh, like everywhere, but mostly. Uh, we don't wear false lashes. 
we like our brows to be a bit bushy and not too perfect. When we do smoky eyes, it has to be a little bit unperfect, like it's been worn. And so once I identify the differences, I try to understand why is that? Because I'm not a big fan of questions like that where it's just replying of a look. Then what does that give you? It, it doesn't inspire you in a way. It just gives you a little bit of tips and tricks. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to understand the philosophy that brings us to create this aesthetic in order to feed you with this and make you inspired to not think like you are mimicking a French girl, but you are owning that aesthetic as well. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I know what you're saying, though. It's like a state of mind, right? Like I always, exactly. I have always felt that one thing that I do admire about French women is just that there is kind of a casual confidence where it's not trying too hard. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's maybe yeah. what you're referring to. Exactly. And and I think the reason why it's interesting to look and understand why we create those different type of looks is because it tells you a story about the lifestyle and how to live that exactly mm-hmm. maybe what you actually attracted to, but you don't know. The, you just see the first layer. And mm-hmm. so what I like to do around like those years of studying both cultures is I really was able to kind of see through it like the matrix, I think. (laughs) So now I have this sort of exercise to take you through it. And it starts with, so have you walked in the street of Paris before? Yes. Of course. Yes. Have you seen any people walking with um, coffee to go in the street? Only baguettes in the bicycle basket. (laughs) The cool girls are always eating the baguette in the street. Yes. So... That's to me, that's where it starts. And in New York, mm-hmm. you see every single person has a drink to go. We actually mm-hmm. going to sit down. And if you observe during spring, like warmer weather, all the terrace of, of the cafes are full with people with a like shot of espresso and a book. I think that's really where the lifestyle, the philosophy of life has an impact on the aesthetic as well. Because the way we live in France is we want to be happy. That's all we care about. And we are a very mm-hmm. sensual person because our senses triggers emotions and makes us feel very alive. So we love good wine. We love good sex. Sorry, but that's true. We love <laughs> we love good smells. Like we love beautiful things for our eyes. Like we are very sensitive to all these things because that's a way for us to feel ourselves and enjoy life. And so what does that mean is that we're not going to spend too much time in our bathroom because we want to be out there and enjoy life. Mm. We don't want to have a look that feels too stiff on us. Like uh, maybe even hair extension. What if somebody wants to grab, like not grab, but like put your, his hand or her hand in your hair and, you know, kiss have you. Have that wild wildly, sex. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you have hair extension, you're going to, oh my gosh, you're going to be very self-conscious. Um so, or if it's same, like false lashes, we have to remove all these things. So we are like, listen, I want to be happy. I want to enjoy life. I want to be out there. So mm-hmm. I don't want anything to restrain me from all of this. And also parallel to this, the thinking is we have a very irreverent relationship to ourselves in a way to self-acceptance. So for example, we are who we are and we are raised, most of us, with this thought that we are born perfect and Mm -hmm. being different is being unique and being unique is being irreplaceable so Mm. who you are is perfect the way it is and if somebody doesn't like that person you are then good riddance it's it's good to know almost like you're like okay fine then we don't need to 
together. Mm. And then you start to accept who we are and this self-acceptance that's quite irreverent attracts like a magnet people that are ready to love you for you. And so that also helps you with your aesthetic. Maybe you don't need mm -hmm. foundation. Maybe these dark mm -hmm. circles you have are actually cool. It makes it makes you look a little bit more dramatic. So that's the kind of yeah. mentality that has an impact on aesthetic. Definitely. And it comes to mind that Deanna Vreeland quote, which is like how to have a beautiful, great life is the first thing you need to do is to arrange to be born in Paris. And after that, <laughs> everything else follows quite naturally. <laughs> I mean, you are quite privileged it's true. to be born in Paris. <laughs> Yeah, it's true, but you can you can get away. I feel like you can get away with anything as long as you wear it with confidence, like anything. But it, that's so much easier said than done. Exactly. Uh, so it's it's interesting that it's sort of built into the culture. I'm curious though, if like Botox and fillers and that, have you noticed a shift just because it is so kind of commonplace now? Is it more? Because yeah. I remember like earlier as a magazine editor, it was like, oh no, we don't do that. And I just yeah. wonder now if more of your friends and that Yeah, it's so interesting. It. Uh, fillers potentially might be a bit more used maybe. So people that, you know, have lines maybe around the mouth. But we love wrinkles, expression mm. wrinkles. And also most of the wrinkles sometimes are just dryness from the skin. So again, mm -hmm. we're always going to look at, at it in details and be like, do, do we want that? Do we need that? But definitely again, a little bit... I think it was normalized, which is great too because you don't want to stigmatize any. So, some people it really help them feel better about themselves, so mm -hmm. it, it's okay to do it. Really, it's fine. And and I think in France it was very we were quite snob about it. Like, oh, you need mm -hmm. to love yourself the way you are. This is embarrassing. You're doing this. That shows insecurity because in France, mm. why we want to be effortless? Because we never want you to think we put so much effort because that sounds like we are insecure and we're very proud. We Latin, we're very proud people mm, and mm -hmm. so Botox and filler was a little bit seen that way and I think thanks to the U.S. It, it got a little bit normalized but not in the sense that it spread more like if you want to do it it's okay we're not gonna shame you I'm curious Violette have you watched Emily in Paris oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on that and what do you think is the biggest beauty faux pas you've seen on that show that would never happen in Paris aside from Lily Collins character because I think they kind of do that on purpose like they don't brush out her curls on purpose, things like that. Oh, oh but my is there I have such a big problem oh, with this. Oh, it's it makes me cringe every time. <laughs> tell us, but, tell um, us. Yeah, the let's hair, hear from you. Hair, I remember <laughs> I was with my husband, and I can't help it. I, I scream most of. I like <laughs> I scream in front of the TV show. I was able to watch season one. I was pissed the whole time, but I was able to. But season two, honestly, I did three episodes, and I can't. It, to me, gotten worse. That point to the point that I'm not even entertain by the wrongness of it because sometimes it's not it's so fun. bad it's good anymore you know exactly it's it's not even <laughs> there was good to there me. was something about that first season and I could only get through about right? half the episodes there's eye candy to it you know you see Paris yeah. and it also came out at a time when none of us have traveled and I'm just like dying to go and sit yeah. on a terrace yeah. and mm. sip a coffee and look at people that aren't wearing masks and whatnot <laughs> but then you just get you just like that gets you just can't even look past that anymore. It doesn't even bring you joy because there's so many glaring things. It is. That and, are not Parisian at all. Pushing, I feel like Camille, that was like the character that I felt was the most realistic to the to my mm -hmm. culture. Now she's like full on dressed. Hair is full on done. Makeup is full on done. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So we lost her, I guess, as well. 
Um, <laughs> and she's becoming like Emily more. So maybe it's on purpose. Somehow I I'm not so. really… I don't know. I'm a bit skeptical about really how they think through the script. But <laughs> I was with my husband. The first story I was with my husband. And I was looking at Emily's hair. I was like, oh my gosh. What is this one piece? And he was like, what? This is not hair. What is this material? <laughs> Yeah, you just want somebody to grab her and like get a Mason Pearson and like run up behind her (laughs) and just get through it all. That's what I want to do. I want to get through my TV. (laughs) But I'm glad we got your official take on that. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to sound like the offended French proud person. There are some truths that are hilarious in the first season about mm-hmm. the fact that we talk shit all the time. That's true. That's something that annoys me even in France. Like when I was back for a month in the fall, like so many of my friends and work people were talking shit about other people. I was like, don't you have other things to do? Like I feel yeah. like at least in the US, we try to be positive and make an effort to create a good, healthy environment. That's something mm. I really appreciate from Americans. And we need to learn that a little bit more, at least in Paris. I don't yeah, think less it's complaining, case. right? There, you know, yeah, the boss. She loves to complain and look down her nose and whatnot. Yes. Mm-hmm. And why do you need to look at the other person and criti- like? I don't see what you're mm. gaining here. And even very good mm. friend of mine. And I got a bit annoyed at them. So that was true. But the thing about like we have sex with everyone, we are unfaithful, <laughs> we don't give a shit about betraying people we love, and we have like yeah, we don't eat, we just smoke. Things like this. I was like, oh, this is. Um, and even the city, the way it was shot, like all these things was to me selling, feeding again this fantasy around France that's really not accurate. I I wish, I loved, I was so excited. I loved the idea of that show before it came out. And I think it had yeah. huge potential. But it should have yeah. been much more realistic. If you look at this TV show, French TV show called 10%, that's French culture. That's Paris. Ooh, okay. It's okay. on Netflix. Right, on my watch list. I think it's interesting, though. It It's true. Like, at some point, you need to move beyond cliche, right? And yeah. times are changing. And I think that's one of the things about your new line that's so interesting and so appealing is that, and, and we're certainly not the first to say this, that it's sort of democratizing that idea of French girl beauty and, like, your campaigns and you have women of all ages. And it's not just as one note and one look. Can you tell us about that and whether that was intentional or, you know, yeah. what what went into that? Yeah, it was so important. Like, you know, we were thinking before I launched, and is there other beauty experts that are French and have a beauty brand? And I couldn't think of somebody. So I felt like, oh, okay, so very easily I could try to own that Frenchness in beauty and work toward that. That could have been the goal. So yeah, it could be really easy to go into the French, own the French cliche worldwide and, and sell through this. But I, I want to do things intentionally. And I really care actually about the mission of the brand, which is restoring people's relationship to themselves with beauty. And I think beauty has a huge impact on how we feel. It's much more connected to mental health that people might think. And I'm trying to take the beauty industry towards this mental health tool instead of something like a plastic surgeon or something to anything physically. And and so if I do that, I need to really look at the issues we have in the beauty industry. One of them is representation. And I'm not talking just about ethnicity or cultures. I'm also talking about age. And I tried to cast women starting 45 
Now, I guess went for every age, but where I had the most trouble, but like really crazy trouble to find women from 40, I would say, to 60. That mm -hmm. age group is not really represented and I really struggled and I was like, this is nuts. It's like, as soon as you're 40, you out and you come back when you has you have white hair and... and <laughs> so true. Right? <laughs> so true. Yeah. It's and absolutely so, true. And also, I don't want to see women that are 50 that have zero wrinkles and it doesn't help me age. I feel like with this DNA, it's really hard to age. We feel... I feel like that too. I feel conscious and scared and I want us to be a safe place where we can hold your hand and be like you are welcome you are seen and every age is should be celebrated because aging is a privilege so mm -hmm. so yeah representation is extremely important and then okay we want to use a French philosophy because it's my culture but also because of the tool I told you about that could be very beneficial for your mental health but instead of just saying like kind of what you were saying like uh, okay just be confident how do we take you there so there is so much philosophy behind it and also education in order to give you the tools that are accessible for you to achieve realistically those looks or the skincare routine or whatever. So that's why I say my brand is very much education, philosophy, products, and we have to make sure we provide enough content for all these pillars. It's so smart. And I think even just watching some of your videos and of course, you know, it's funny, you originally kind of came from YouTube. That's an integral part of your journey and sort of the makeup vlogging. But I think the fact that you had this aspirational look, but it was, they are wearable. And even the way that you apply makeup is, you know, a lot of using your fingers and it just feels a bit less intimidating. Like, oh, this isn't for me because I'm not a makeup artist already. And I love that. And I noticed that on your YouTube, the natural sophisticated look video has the most views by far at 1.1 million views. So now that we've talked a lot about your philosophy, I do think we want to give some handy tips to our listeners. Um, so first of all, tell us, like, why do you, you use your fingers to apply almost every step of your routine? What's that about? Well, it's so much quicker because you don't <laughs> have to clean your brush. You just have to clean your hands and then you have 10 brushes ready to go. Also, the skin texture is actually amazing to blend textures. And also mm -hmm. it's a bit warm and you have a bit of oil. So all the thinaments are actually perfect to do makeup. And so that's why Beauty Blender got so successful because I feel like it's what's the closest from the skin almost. Mm. If you could maybe warm <laughs> the sponge, maybe it will be even better. <laughs> and so with hair, sometimes ice, it separates the formula. It doesn't warm it up, so it doesn't help you blend quickly. So to me, the fastest route was this. And also I always do my makeup on the go. And so then I have my fingers because then you put back your brushes in the bag, it's dirty, and then it's going to make your bag dirty. So mm. it's just like uh, this... I mean, I remember when I lived in Paris in my smart car, I was doing my makeup at the red lights every morning um, mm -hmm. in my car. So that's really the truth. And I think I didn't expect it to be helpful for people because it will be less intimidating. But that's a feedback I had. And I started to understand why, especially because I've seen all these YouTube videos where people do, um, you know, all this makeup that takes a lot of time with a lot of tools. But I think hair is much more technical but makeup mm. is not. Makeup is like art. Do whatever you want. Put whatever color you want, however you want it. Use whatever instrument and tools you want to use. We don't need all these rules in beauty mm. for makeup. Mm -hmm. 
So let's talk about the great debate regarding like getting your skin right, because I feel like that is one of the tenets of French beauty for sure is like having skin that looks great and glowy and natural. So what's your go-to sort of in terms of using concealer or foundation or both and how do you apply it and what's sort of your favorites of the moment? So I think before concealer, the base is actually extremely key. And it's funny because I, I did a work session with a content director about skin prep. And I told her about, you know, now it's been 20 years I'm in the industry and I've seen so many skin. And sometimes I've seen skin where the skin barrier was so damaged that I couldn't even put foundation on the skin. Mm-hmm. And I had this campaign, beauty campaign shoot. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I had to do some quick fix and I came up with like this sort of like layering and, and product that I used that instantly helped the skin and then I could layer it. So that's why when I developed Boom Boom Milk, it took me three years and it really was a nightmare. But I was so stubborn. That's the first product I focused on before even color. Because if I'm telling you, you don't need this foundation on your skin, just take care of your skin, but then I don't provide any concrete solution. I felt like I was kind of letting people down. Yeah. And I wanted this brand to be holistic. So I, I take you with me. I, 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 like, I want you to feel like I got you. Mm-hmm. So we work with these two experts in France that have like 30 years of experience, like incredible. They're the one who created the first certified organic skincare brand in France 20 years ago, like really pioneer in the industry. And they focused on something that penetrates the skin extremely quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was obsessed with inflammation because of all the skin I've seen. And like reduce inflammation immediately, nourish, hydrate, calm down, and then have this tiny bit of stickiness in order for you to be able to put your makeup on. Because if it's too oily and it slides, then it's a nightmare to put your makeup on. So actually that product for me is really like the key in order to have the best base for your makeup, but it's the only product I use for skincare now, mm-hmm. besides SPF, of course, and cleansing. Only in the winter, I'm going to add a bar- barrier cream because the system in the U.S. for heater is very different in France. In France, we have those radiator with hot water in it, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. humidified air. Here is like this like blow, like it blows <laughs> very dry much air in your face, mm-hmm. and I can yeah. feel like all the water coming out of my... <laughs> <laughs> epidermis mm-hmm. so so that's why you need something else in the winter but to me that's all i use and it has been doing a miracle it's a hero product today it's number two i best love seller. this product i'm wearing this today mm-hmm. and just for any of our listeners who haven't heard about it the boom boom milk it's a moisturizing spray so it's very unique like i had never seen a product like this you might think of like a spritz or a toner that usually yeah. is like a watery or even oil-based. This one really is like a milk and you get enough product that you can spread it around and it gives you a full coating like a moisturizer. It's very unique and refreshing. I love it. I really like Thank it. Thank you. Cream spray. I really like it. And yeah. I actually predict, and I hate to say this to you as the developer who worked on it for three years, but I think people are going to rip this off. I think it's going to be a big, and actually I saw on Instagram that Curel has a moisturizing spray and I was like, what is this? Is it creamy like a milk? Because I'm predicting, but anyway, yours is the OG and I yeah. love it. <laughs> he will always be the OG. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he it's and also a probiotic based formula because it has been fermented. We respect as much as we can the environment. So the 38% of our formula is birch sap that has been fermented and mm-hmm. that's harvested once a year and we respect all of the process of nature. So 
this product is made with so much love. So I'm I'm happy um, that you get the success you really deserve. I think yeah. <laughs> today. And then when it comes to back to your question about concealer, so I don't really use foundation. I have contact dermatitis all the time. So even when I do facial now, like the esthetician has to put a product and wait to see how my skin is going to react. That's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Mm. And so I can't really wear foundation. But concealer is really my best friend, especially I had a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. So, and, and I like that because it's a quick, like it's a quick support. Like you can remove a little bit of doxicals. You can blend like a little uh, pimple you have or something. And that quickly makes you feel that your skin is a little bit more even. So then it can, allows you to put like crazy eyeshadows on your eyes and, mm-hmm. and look fresh so the quest for the best concealer though to me i don't think we're there yet but there are a few that are which ones do you like name drop i think i like the Too faced pat mcgrath and the shadow but it dries a bit fast to me so i would say that i probably tried all of them mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i know i want to talk about eyeliner because when i watched that video you mentioned that you had been using the same technique for 20 years but it doesn't look dated. So this is a bit of a trick. So it doesn't look like a hard line. So tell us what you do. Which one? The one where I blend the eyeliner or the one between the lash line? Between the lash line. Yeah. The eyeliner. So that's actually a very old technique. I didn't invent it myself. Mm-hmm. That was from even like the 80s and probably the 70s where the, in order to make the lashes look more full, they would color the lash line. And... I never seen really people talking about that technique, which to me that's the first thing I've used since day one where I was able to do makeup. It's a bit scary at first because you're like, wait, is it my, my wall line? Is it above? No, it's really in between. You coloring the roots because most of us we don't have enough lashes to cover the entirety of the skin. So when you put mascara on, by contrast, you're gonna see more the skin where there's mm-hmm. no lash. And same with eyeliner you put on top. So then you have this sort of like skin line between the lashes. And what it, it, then it looks like makeup. Well, if you have that big lash line, like full lash line, and then you have the smokey eye or the eyeliner, some you almost feel like the makeup is coming from your lash line. There's something much more natural in a way. And also really uh, spice your eye in a way because it contrasts with your eye color brings a bit of definition but when you close your eyelid you can't see it so it looks super natural with your finger do you smudge it in i'd like to because then the tiny bit of shadow is going to go a tiny bit above the lash line so it's not a harsh line mm-hmm. so yeah i do mm-hmm. that and yeah like brown or black brown is the best to me especially metallic brown that's my favorite because highlight mm. is gonna bring a bit of okay something which one which one? Uh, do you the use? one from Estee Lauder called Burgundy Suede is one of my favorites because it has a bit of purple. Mm. So if it's gonna push the green you have in your eyes, but yeah, like like not a line like a liquid eyeliner, like really like an eye pencil. Is yeah, the best. yeah, for okay. sure. Okay, love it. But I have a question for myself who has hooded eyelids, and for anybody out there who's listening who has. Hooded eyelids, do you have a trick to avoid eye makeup transfer? Because I find especially with liquid eyeliner or cream formulas, it's just right away it will go up into the middle. Yeah. So I'm just curious if you have yeah. a trick for that. So your paint, for example, like you, you need no transfer products. Uh, that's what mm-hmm. liquid eyeshadows are the best option for you, I think. Or mm-hmm. any waterproof eye pencil, jumbo eye pencil or eye liquid eyeliner, waterproof. 
if we mm-hmm. go, for example, with your paint, I mean, it, that works actually. This thing I'm going to tell you works for any anything that you use that is no transfer and waterproof. It's to do your makeup with your chin up. So then you have a flat eyelid, apply mm-hmm. it, blend it, and stay that way until the product is dry. And that's, you should, for, for example, with your paint, you should not have any transfer. I mean, it's almost like it's, this product is crazy long-lasting. It really is. It has increased at all. I didn't even put an eye primer on and I have it like I wore it all over my lid and sort of like did it like more like a smoky look and there's no creasing. That was a few hours ago. So it definitely dries, you know, dries down. You need a waterproof remover because of that. We didn't test for the claim waterproof because it's a lot of money and, you know, I just launched so we had to make some sacrifices, but really (laughs) it is really waterproof. I tested it. I just wanted to ask you about your quote that was in the New York Times recently about this huge 2022 makeup trend all about girl gaze makeup. So maybe we can tell our listeners what that is all about and why you think it's going to be sort of the look of the new year. I think colors are back. And it's funny because the New York Times came to me because as because I've launched a lot of colors, which is bold, some of them for, for first launch, that's uh, a risk. And they asked me, what's your bestseller? And I said, the blue one, the metallic blue one is my number one bestseller, mm. which is unheard of. It's the most non-on-trend <laughs> data I could give uh, because usually it's more like neutral colors that perform the best. And blue is, uh, I remember my days with all the brands I work with in the past. It was like, they were like blue and purple. Ugh, don't really go there. It doesn't sell. So it's not true. Again, it's it's it depends on the mood of, of people at that time. And it depends on how you create that color. I think precision in, in the color is key if you want it to be wearable but creative. And uh, that's really where my expertise lie and I focus on. But yeah, so they came to me to talk more about this then. And and I, I, I said, you know, I think we've been taking away a big part of what we enjoyed in life with COVID and half of our face is covered now. And how much more ways do we have to express ourselves and to really enjoy all these things in life and like even travel. I feel like all these things have been more like limited to us, create some sort of like energy and life desire to you know, enjoy ourselves stuck somewhere. And and then a very accessible way to express that energy is through makeup because not everyone, but most people can afford it. You have now amazing products are much more accessible. It's something you can quickly do and remove. It doesn't take too much time. So it's a very accessible way to express that energy. And especially with a new generation, it's more than just aesthetic. It's a statement of who they are. So it was amazing, this this story, because they asked me to give products and do a little notebook with some tips. And this will be like sort of like a guide of makeup in a way. Mm-hmm. And they will give that to people they're going to photograph and these people will do their own makeup. And I mm-hmm. thought that was amazing because you can really see what people are, in the, are into right now. And I really mm-hmm. think we can see it with ourselves. The other colors, our bestsellers are Scarabedor, which is this gold green metallic color, and Ciel de Nuit, who is matte, blackish, blue color. And that's so interesting to see people want color, they want fun, and they want to use makeup as almost like a fashion piece, like an accessory, like beautiful mm-hmm. earrings or something. So yeah, 
And yeah. yeah, the whole vibe is just like we're away from that no makeup makeup. It's like we're using these like very accessible products, but using color again, which feels really nice. Mm-hmm. And we'll definitely link to this article in our show notes and on our website because mm-hmm. the looks are just so great and just really inspiring how they all cho- yeah. sort of chose to wear it. Yeah, I think that's part of why people really do follow what you do. And I and in a way, it's not surprising that, you know, blue glitter is your best-selling cosmetic product because you've kind of shown us and all of the people who follow you how to wear it in a way that feels very organic. And I think that's really unique. I'm not, you know, I never would have thought that blue glitter could look natural, but you do have a way of achieving that. So is there one tip you can kind of give us in terms of how to wear it to get that Mm -hmm. look like it's not costumey? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think it's a balance of everything. So as much as you can, natural skin. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's going to bring you the effortlessness. And I always say, if you want to look effortless, you need effortless technique. There's no miracle mm-hmm. other way around it. So if you want to do a smoke, a blue smoky eye, that's going to take you a bit of time. So everything else should not take you time. and should be very easy. So very easy skin, a little bit of here, thing here and there. If your skin doesn't need anything, you think, then great, don't even do anything. I would always advise a little bit of pink, blush and mm-hmm. you can adapt the the shade based on your skin tone just because you want to you always want to balance out if you go you know every color is the blue base or red base or yellow base so if you go with the blue base which is the blue we're going to be talking about then you need to bring a little bit of red in your skin because otherwise it's going to bring out the yellow and the blue of your own skin tone so you mm-hmm. go with the opposite on uh, as you blush and it's the same if you go with like the pink one you guys are wearing today, maybe a blush that's a little bit more neutral or brownie or apricot color or peach even, not super red. Mm-hmm. That that kind of balance is very good. And I always like to have like this glowy skin. So I don't use powder highlighters. I know they're very mm-hmm. popular because they have this shine and, and you have now very moisturized texture that, that brings a glow. But to me, Bone Shine is like exactly what I wanted. I worked on it for years. It's, uh, it's quite lane stick, basically, with what I call mirror pigments. So they don't color anything, but they're just going to reflect the light. So that's going to give you this sort of glass mm-hmm. skin. So you very mm-hmm. much feel like your own skin. So the skin itself is like fresh, but looks natural. And then you go to your eyes. And always when I apply strong colors, I have this crayon like eye pencil in my lash line. Black mm-hmm. mascara. Because you want the intensity mm-hmm. to go from your lash line. That what makes it less like a sticker. It looks like it's been worn. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but it really does. And then always the intensity by the lash line. So that means like when you wear a blue eyeshadow, make it more intense on the mobile part of your eyelid. And, and mm-hmm. then the rest, the rest just blend it in the crease. So you don't go too high. But for most mm-hmm. people, just go a little... Like, under your crease and then just blend it up just gently. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of just one color because mm-hmm. it's one statement, one color is not too much. I don't like to have a liner on top. I don't like to have those lashes. To me, that's mm-hmm. the most wearable way of wearing blue is just one color, black mascara, and that's it. Very Love cool. it. Can't wait to try it. <laughs> I want a picture. Okay. <laughs> We know that we talked lots about makeup because, you know, that's what you're all about. But we need to have you maybe talk us through your sort of get on ready routine. Like, what do you do at night for your skin? I know you talked about 
not really wearing a lot of foundation and that kind of thing because you have contact dermatitis. Like what are some of your steps to make your skin ready for bed? I double cleanse and I know some people think it's actually might be irritating for your skin, but it really depends on your technique and the products you use because I've been using milk remover, which is a big thing in France. We use most of the time milk mm. remover. Which one do you like? I, I like the one from Biologique Recherche, but it's a bit expensive. Otherwise, you have La Roche-Posay, mm-hmm. which is perfect. Mm-hmm. You like no fragrance, very uh, gentle. And I used mm-hmm. to use that and then rinse off with a lot of water. But I got into double cleanse when I discovered this face oil from Purito that has this amazing texture. And I don't know how to explain, but it's, you know how it's a pain in the ass to remove your makeup, right? And mm-hmm. somehow this product makes me enjoy it. I don't know why. It's, the <laughs> texture is unique, wonderful. It melts every dirt and makeup immediately. So my Zyopane that are super strong, dissolved in two seconds with it. And I massage on dry skin in the lashes, like really make sure everything is massaged. And then I take a tiny bit of water and I pat it onto my skin and I massage again just to prep the oil for the water. And mm-hmm. then I rinse off. Then I use a gel cleanser. So for this, I'm, I'm a little bit less picky than the oil, especially that I have contact dermatitis with every oil I use, but this one. And so for the gel, I like the one from the Nuco because it's very focused on the barrier of the skin, which is a big focus of mine. I used the most recent one from Glossier that it was a little bit stronger, but very good to really deeply cleanse the skin. Pink Cloud from Herbivore. There's many that are great. Mm. And you just wash it like you know, gel cleanser on your face with water. Mm-hmm. And once yeah. I'm done... I don't totally pad off the water from my face. I keep it. I spray tons of bubble milk, especially in the winter. And in the winter, I'm going to add on top of it a barrier barrier cream to lock uh, the moisture and make sure it prevents from any water loss. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I even put a bit of ointment from CeraVe. How do you call this? Like the… Like um, like a balm? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like this mm. ointment like feels mm-hmm. like a Vaseline almost. To like around my nose, on my lips, sometimes even under my eyes to lock the moisture even more. And what's Amazing. the barrier cream you're going to go for? So it's the one I'm launching in March because I oh. couldn't find one that was the cream of my dream. And I wanted to do a barrier cream because to me, I, I love the milk. I think it absorbs so quickly. We can do so much more with this formula. But then... A cream for me, the purpose of a cream for me is more the barrier aspect mm-hmm. I love. Boom, boom, barrier cream. You heard it here first. I made that name up, but it's probably something <laughs> cool like that. Um, now, we just have a few more couple of rapid sure. fire questions to get through. So picture this. You land in Paris. You get off the plane. You go to the French pharmacy. What's the first thing you're buying? Uh, oh, there's so many things. I'm going to buy medicine, first of all, because it's way less sugar and, and I'm... I can eat tons of salt, but sugar makes me really sick. So I go with this a lot. So that's the first thing, and especially with my kids, that's really the one thing I think about is medicine. Otherwise, there is this homeopathy ampoules that I love to use as a tre- short treatment on my skin. So it's, I think you call this trace elements in English. Okay. So like um, selenium, manganese that are very good for your skin uh, function. And so I use this almost like... Um, Essence before applying boom boom milk. And since topical. I have boom boom milk, yes. I mean, usually you're supposed to drink it, but I use it on my skin. Oh, oh. ampule, and you just yeah. break it. You break okay. it, probably cut yourself. 
French way, like they don't care. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but it's great. What else now? The lip balms are the best. So there is homeoplasmine, but the stick one that I love. Ooh, but I other than the stick. It's the best, the best, the best. Also Biafine. I mean, mm. that's like a miracle so in a bottle. Bad. Oh, and I love because we have, I mean, I'm not the most fan of tampons. It's not the healthy for yeah. our flora, but we do have probiotic-based tampons. I mean, not based, but like probiotic tampons. And I love that they think of our flora there. So I buy them also. Yeah, yeah. So I buy that. I don't know how much time you spend on TikTok, Violette, but what is a viral TikTok (laughs) makeup trend that makes you just shake your head? So the only reason I know is because I did an interview about TikTok trends a few weeks ago, but Mm -hmm. I I don't, I lost my login. (laughs) Like, like um, the story. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit overwhelming for me, TikTok, but I understand why people like it. What did I see recently? Oh, yeah, applying foundation with a jade roller. I was like, well, yeah, so you don't need to do it. No, it's just, it just, I mean, it's very, I mean, I don't need to try already. No, it's not a very comfortable application. You want, one of the reasons this person was saying it's great is because, oh, you, you get all the products you applied but you actually want the beauty blender to absorb some of it because you don't want too mm. much on it. So I actually didn't like the sort of paint. I'm painting my face sort of <laughs> gesture. And then how do you do under your eyes? It's too aggressive under your eyes and on your <laughs> eyelid. And in the corner, how are you supposed to do? I was like, I thought it was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> What's your ride or die all-time favorite red lipstick you've been wearing for forever? So before my own, it was the number one lip stain from Sephora. Okay. That I really, really adored. Beautiful color, super wearable, very comfortable. Mine, I, I'm going to say it honestly, I don't want to sound biased, but I've been dreaming of it since I'm eight years old. Once I saw a black rose in the Bagatelle Garden in Paris, I was so mesmerized. I was like, okay, I need to make this as a lipstick. And so finally I did it. So it's my favorite by far. Otherwise, and I'm not saying that because I work with Guerlain, but I remember when, you know, when I signed my contract with them, they sent me the big launch of the year. And let me tell you, I was so nervous because I, I didn't work on it. And I'm such a crazy person with formula and colors. I was like, oh, what if I don't like it? There's no <laughs> way I can promote it. Like, I can't. Like, it's, yeah. I cannot. What am I going to do? So I, I was like, okay, don't freak out. Don't think about it yet. Just get the formula and see. But I was so nervous. And when I applied, it was so good. I was so real. I was like, oh my God, thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> Honestly. That's the Rouge I believe, right? Well, yeah, the exactly. Really one. The formula is incredible because it slides perfectly. Like, oops, yeah. It slides, like, it glides on your, on your lips, but it drops a perfect amount of pigment. So it's very like the first, like, the first glide, you're like, oh, wow. And it's so comfortable to wear. The colors are gorgeous, but we're going to do even more gorgeous colors. But yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, this one is yeah. amazing. I have a friend's mom who is always asking, not always asking, she's very polite. She's like, do you have any more of those Guerlain lipsticks? So Violette, tell us what your biggest indulgence is. Indulgence is like a guilty pr- pleasure? Yeah. Like a luxury um, you enjoy. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I don't have guilty pleasure. If I have yeah. pleasure, I don't have guilt. I mean, to be honest, it's really simple things. Because I launched a brand and had a baby sort of at the same time because I built my brand while I was pregnant. And, you know, I went from being 
alone, I mean, with, with my boyfriend at the time that became my husband, but alone with a freelance job. So ex mm. extremely free, traveling the world and doing all these things. And suddenly I got like drowned, I drowned with work, amount of work. And then having a baby is a big shift in, in your lifestyle. So I, I feel like I've aged 40 years in one year. <laughs> now <laughs> my pleasure are like taking a bath with a glass of wine and listening to yeah. classical music in the background or reading a book because I can yeah. read one book a year now instead of one in a month. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, that's really it. I would say I gave myself a Christmas gift and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this a ritual now. Yes. I and think every what was it? It was a pair of shoes from Chanel mm -hmm. and it's definitely very expensive. So it's a treat. I was like, okay, maybe I'll buy one pair of shoes from Chanel every Christmas from now on. <laughs> I like this ritual. Vision board. Honestly, Vision board. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Maybe I'll join you. <laughs> <laughs> and our last question, what's next for Violette, the person or the makeup line? So the beauty line, we have 11 launches this year. <laughs> so, wow. Oh gosh, it gives me like a lot. <gasps> vertigo. So yeah, we, we have <laughs> a lot of things happening this year. On a personal level, I think I would like to grow my family. I'm a bit mm -hmm. scared also because I we just reached this amazing balance right now. It took us, you know, two and a half years to get there. And it wasn't torture or anything, but... Now I can feel like, oh, I feel like my I have my life back a bit. But I it's really my dream. So so yeah, that's where my thoughts are. I mean, growing the family and growing the business. And more than growing the business, I, I really we didn't have time to position the brand where I really wanted to be because I, I did everything on my own and then I raised money and then COVID happened and everything shut down and I hired people on Zoom and it was such a mess. And so we launched and then it was much bigger success than what we thought it was. So I had to raise money again to buy inventory and get a bigger team to, to help support me. And so I didn't have time to work on the details that really mattered to me. So that's really my big goal for this year is to be able to tell my, the story of this brand how I really want it. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday.